0: 12 is where we're going to focus in on tonight. Joshua chapter 7 and verse number 12 is our text, but we're going to go back from verse number 5 and pick it up and read through verse number 13. So Joshua chapter 7, begin reading silently as I read aloud from verse number 5. Joshua 7, 5. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. For they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Okay, let's stop here, and let's kind of fill in the blanks. The first city, after they crossed the Jordan, uh, miraculously brought to the point that God was blessing them, and blessing them, and blessing them. And so here we go, uh, we're, we're going uh, to the first city was Jericho. God said, do not touch The stuff in Jericho, he says, that's dedicated, it's mine, it's all mine, and if you take of anything in Jericho, any of the spoils, it's a curse, and you'll become a curse, and the children of Israel will become a curse, and so don't take of the accursed thing, he made that very, very clear, well, you remember, um, what's his name? Yeah, I don't remember his name. Aiken. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Aiken. That's a good, good uh, way to uh, identify him. What's his name? Achan, he's, he comes in and he sees the spoil and he says, Wow, look at this. And he's got sticky fingers. He takes it. The, the Bible says he saw, he coveted, and he took, which is, this, is the, the uh, uh, progression of any sin. You see, you covet, and you take. You consider what you shouldn't, and you put your mind on it, you focus on it. Well, that's what he did. Saw, coveted, took, hid it in his tent. And then the next city that they went to, here, Ai, 36 men died. Just a small little town, and they didn't need to send the, the, you know, 800,000 troops after Ai, so they just took a few thousand and went went after Ai, and they got beat. I mean, they got whooped. 36 men died, chased them before the gate, and uh, hearts of the people melted, became as water. Verse number 6. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us in the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side. Jordan, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth? And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Blah, 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 blah. He's, he's uh, saying this before the Lord and he's just, I mean I mean, it's serious to him and he was, he was, uh, 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 intense on this, in this prayer. Look at the Lord's response. The Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. That's the problem. Going on and on and on, and, and uh, you know, aching about this thing, when that's not what's going on here. Here's the problem. Israel has sinned. Somebody took the stuff I told you guys not to touch, and they did. They stole it. They put it in their tent. Verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Now notice what God says here. This is important. Neither will I be with you anymore. That's it. We're not going anywhere from here. I'm not going to continue with you. I'm not going to give you my presence. I'm not going to give you victory. You won't, have, you, won't have, you won't have conquest any longer. He says, neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that you help us to understand the principle that we're going to try to make clear tonight. Help us understand about sin. Lord, sometimes your people are uh, a little thick when it comes to getting it in dealing with transgression, disobedience, rebellion, pride, whatever the sin that we're dealing with. Lord, I pray that you help us to understand this relationship with you and what sin does to it. Lord, I pray that you just bless tonight, help us help your people tonight to to deal with these things as we prepare to be cleansed and to to have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you just speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes we feel as though the Lord is extreme in his reaction to our faults, to our shortcomings, to our imperfections. Yeah, let's not call it what God calls it. <laughs> you know what he calls it? Sin. But we look at what we're doing like, so it's a big deal. We gain that kind of a, that kind of a response from just this little nothing but the things that he calls sin and transgressions our, our stance, listen, folks, this is, I've seen this. You know, the reason why I say I've seen this among us, and I know why it's among us, because I've seen it in me far too often. What's the big deal? God, what's the big deal? What, why, are, why are we so impacted upon this particular problem? It's not that big of a deal. But God treats it like a big deal. You look at this story. The Lord, with a strong and a miraculous hand, brought the Jews out of Egypt. And you know that whole, you know, the ten plagues, he... Um, conquered the Egyptian gods with each one of the plagues. What a wonderful, I'm telling you what, God did, he, he, he did so many things at the same time. He showed his people his power, but he also put down the false gods that were around that everybody was worshiping, and he, he uh, um, bested this one, and he bested that one, and he overcame this one, and he, and he put this one down, and he, he showed his supremacy over all of these uh, small little G gods, these false gods. He conquered the Egyptian gods. Eliminated the Egyptian army in the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. After the children of Israel go through the, the, the Red Sea with, the Bible says, walls of water on both sides, and they go through and, and he, he lets the water come down upon the, the, uh, the uh, ch- chariots of, of the Egyptian army. Wow! He provided the children of Israel manna every day. Throughout the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, every single day, can you imagine feeding more than a million? There was probably two million, maybe close to three million Israelites in a desert that there, was no, there were no delis and there was no grocery stores and there was no, no providence like that, but God fed them every single day on the, the Sabbath or before the Sabbath. He fed twice, and so that they took in twice as much and, uh, and then if, if you tried to store it any other day, it would breed worms. It would breed worms. And it was, it was like amazing. It was just amazing how God uh, uh, fed the children of Israel man every day. Guidance by day and by night in the presence of God in the pillar of smoke and the pillar of fire. Provided his law, the Ten Commandments and all the laws that he gave through Moses, the, the lawgiver. Water and meat... And victory in battle against all enemies in the 40 years in the wilderness. Talk about miraculous, talk about a big deal, talk about the, the, some amazing miracles, all the while advertising his presence, his protection upon his chosen people to the world. Everybody started hearing about this. And here they go, crossing Jordan into the promised land now. And everybody's heard about him, everybody's shaking in their boots. And they heard about God and His power and what He was going to be doing. And then, in the midst of all of that, stops the victory, the progression, the divine protection, and cold dead stop because of one tent, one family, one man, Achan, one person, one little tent in the midst of millions. Millions of, of people. If there were two, three million people, maybe close to, you know, 900,000 tents. One tent, one tent is the one that transgressed. Is that not extreme? I mean, God's stopping everything, the whole progression. He's not going to be with them any longer. And, and he says, uh-uh, we're, we're, not, we're staying right here. This is how the Lord refers to the incident in verse number 12 again let's read that they were accursed and he says this neither will i be with you any more except ye destroy the accursed from among you strong words look at verse 13 he says thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you god says stop right here not 1 inch further no more protect, protection, no more provision, no more victory, no more divine presence. The whole house of cards falls right here and right now. You have no choice. We've got to clean out the sin or we stop here and we stop now. And that's what God said very, very clearly. What a reaction. Let me ask you, husbands, have, did, you ever, did you ever offend your wife and not really think it was a big deal of what you said, you know. She might have even asked you, how does this make me look? <laughs> 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 you can't win. There's no, there's, there's no winning on that. I mean, you, you can't be honest and you can't say, th- and you know, you might think you're really, you know, diplomatic, uh, uh, you know, it di- you know, doesn't work, you know, but sometimes what you do is, uh, you're, you're really not trying to, you know, offend or whatever, but wives, sometimes you talk to your husbands and, and uh, you'll say something and he just kind of, he, he uh, 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 closes up and you've offended him. You've said something um, where you might think that your reaction to your spouse or maybe it is to your kid or, or to brother or sister or somebody and, and uh, y- you thought that your loved one's reaction to your improprieties were, was overblown. Come on now, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just called her a slob, (laughs) (laughs) and preacher, she is. (laughs) I just called him a lazy bum, and he is a lazy bum, you know? Uh, Well, you could say, listen, she can call me a slob, and that, watch, watch, go ahead, call me a slob. You're a slob. See, doesn't bother me, you know? Preacher, he could call me a lazy bum, but it's, and it's okay with me. See, really, their character was maligned by your poor choice of words. And hurt, really hurt them. And, and, and folks, the real transgression is not recognizing the damage done to their spirit. Not recognizing that, yeah, my loved one is fragile here and I have their heart or I have their trust, I can't do that. But you you just sometimes you say something that's just not guarded and you offend them and then you think, man, what a big deal. Getting so offended with that. It's just such a I, I didn't mean to do that. Well yeah, you might have not meant to do that, but the damage done to the spirit was done. Maybe you don't care about it, but they care about it. <clears throat> when, when the Bible tells us <clears throat> not to grieve the Holy Spirit, we could downplay the grief, like we would downplay our spouse's offense. You know. We could try to understand the intense discomfort that sin causes to our thrice-holy God. Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And then it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. He goes on to say, He talks about words before, He talks about words after. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Note that, that, The means of offense here is in the wrong words. Wrong words to each other Sometimes sometimes wrong words to God. Just words, communication. But he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't Did you know that uh, the, the most easily offended member of the church is the Holy Spirit? And if we're not careful, what we'll do, our attitude in our life Towards God, his things, his, ad, his, his expectations is not what it should be, and we grieve him. We, d- we, we downplay sin, but folks, sin is sin. All sin separates us from God. Was it too much of a punishment to ban the whole human race because of an infraction of a diet, where God says you can eat all of these things, but don't eat from this tree? I mean, death came upon that in front. Too much? Extreme? Is that extreme? It wasn't the eating of the fruit, it was the act of rebellion. Mistrust, disobedience was that problem that was the fall of, of mankind. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at the instance of the Lord pointing out something that we might deem small, insignificant, meaningless, not a big deal, but. Who calls it big deal? Who says it's a big deal? In this situation where where God is dealing with the children of Israel, and there was just one guy took some things that he shouldn't have and hid it in his tent, and it stopped everything. There was was no more progression. There was no more uh, uh, advancement. There was no more presence. There was no more victory. Everything, everything, everything stopped. And you know what? God says, we're not taking one more step. Of all of the, 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 what happened in Egypt and the 40 years of blessing and miracles and providence, and, and I'm telling you what, that was, that was wonderful thing after wonderful thing, and then everything, 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 everything stopped. And God says, this is a big deal. So let me just kind of go over uh, what sin is and sometimes what we don't recognize. A, a, a tiny infraction of sin, like Achan's when he, you know, hid the, the wedge of gold in his tent, a tiny infraction of sin compromises the integrity of the whole. This is what it said in verse 12 of our text, here in Joshua chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. That one sin compromised the integrity of the entire nation at that point. No more victory, no more progress, no more growth because the body was made sick. And it was sin that had to be dealt with. When we, uh, we have behind this building, uh, probably about 40 paces this way, is um, a uh, vault. What do we call that? Uh, it's a runoff. It's water runoff vault. All of, the, all of the water that comes off of the parking lot, um, all of the asphalt goes into these catch basins at different places and it goes underneath the ground and it goes to this water vault and before it goes on to the, the street and then water runoff goes down the street and it's, and it's uh, uh, gauged so it goes little by little. doesn't doesn't you know flood whoever's down, downwind of us. And this water vault you wouldn't know it because it's underneath the asphalt but it's it's 12 foot wide by 60 foot i mean it's a big from from here to here this wall to this wall i think it's like 55 feet something like that. it's as big as that maybe a little bit bigger lengthwise and it's and it's 12 foot wide and it's underneath the the uh, the uh, ground and it's 6 foot deep it's got these pre cord lids on top of it and six foot deep. And the walls are 12 inches thick. That's a lot of concrete to, to bear up on the walls. If we ever had a nuclear explosion, there's some, there's some places here we can get down under and everybody be safe. <laughs> I don't know how long we could live there, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's massive. The, the, uh, uh, the concrete walls are 12 inches thick for 60 feet, uh, six foot high, and that's a lot of concrete. And we, we uh, elected to do that ourselves. Bad move. <laughs> for those of you that were here then and helped, you, you know what I'm talking about. That's a big job. I mean, that was a, we should have just hired that thing out. But we did it ourselves. And we had the, the concrete trucks to come, and when they came, they got these big trucks, and they got these things that uh, would pour down into the... And that's a lot of concrete. I mean, truck after truck after truck would have to just fill one piece of wall because it was so much concrete. They would pour the bottom, and they'd take the next one, they pour the next, and they, they'd call it something like if they had a hot load. You know what a hot load is if you, for you that pour concrete? It's a load that's got to go down quick because it's starting to set up. You can't have a hot load in that because if you get a, a load of something, and then the next one is actually different, then you got, it compromises the integrity of that. So they would put the put the, the concrete there, and right away they'd have to fill the next one, and the next one on top, till it fills the entire section of 12 inch, uh, one one foot of concrete, six foot down, and uh, and then they would take this this uh, oh I don't know it looked like um, some kind of a uh, some kind of a, a a spear. It was a um, what did I call it here? A, a what was that? Vibrator, Vibrator rod. Vibrator rod. It was this long spear-looking thing that was attached to this uh, electric something, and it, it was a vibrator rod. They they pour the concrete, and they stick that thing way down in there, and it goes, <laughs> and, and and it would it would vibrate that concrete to where if there would be any uh, uh, gaps or any air uh, fissures in there, it would it would mix the whole thing up, and it get in there and go. <laughs> And it would, you know, ten, twelve feet around that whole area. You you just, you know, just really amazing. And it, you know why they did that? Because they were really, really concerned about the integrity of that concrete. If you didn't have it mixed right, or you didn't have it mixed properly, or whatever, then it wouldn't hold right. And then maybe some kind of a seismic movement, you'd have a crack, and some kind of a uh, earthquake or whatever. And so it, they were they were really, really concerned. It would uh, uh, vibrate everything, and the idea was to shake up the concrete to eliminate any air pockets or unmixed layers or dry strata, and the integrity of the concrete could not be compromised. They needed to make sure that the integrity of the concrete was right so it would hold with the pressure uh, from the ground and from everything else. (coughs) Sin compromises the integrity of the whole Sin compromises our spiritual integrity, our spiritual sensitivity, our spiritual awareness. It's amazing. Christian, it's amazing how dark we get when we're off, when we walk off the pathway of light. 1 John 5, 7. This then is a the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. And he goes on to say uh, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk, in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin when we have the light of 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 uh, the word of god walking in the in the light of the holy spirit man we've got light but you get off that pathway boom you're in darkness and it's immediate it's not like every you know, like it gets dark at night, and little by little by little, you know, the sun goes down, and then you, you can see less and less and less. No, no, no. If you're walking around and you're in the light and you're you're enjoying the things of God, and you sin, you do something that God says, "Hey, wait a minute, pal. You should not be doing this. This is wrong. This is a bad spirit, a bad attitude. You'll be going along, and all of a sudden, boom, lights out. You you don't see, you cannot see where you're going because you're in a situation of a spiritual. your spiritual awareness is, is zapped. It's gone. That's what sin does. You can't see. You don't have any discernment. You don't have any spiritual discernment all of a sudden because you're not walking in the light. All of a sudden, you're in darkness. That's a, bad, that's a bad place to be. Folks, sin compromises our spiritual integrity. And you know what? We might think that... Well, it's not such a big deal. Here are the children of Israel, man, they did everything right, and everybody. Hey, listen, so many people right, but there was an infraction. They sinned, they they went contrary to the obedience of following exactly what God said, and boom, darkness. God says, No more, no more direction, no more presence, no more victory. We stop right here. What's the big deal, God? Hey, sin compromises the integrity of the whole, the, the entire body. You know what that means. Has anybody ever had a ingrown toenail? Yeah, you know what that means. Just a little, just nothing. And, and, and you can't think of anything. You can't feel anything. You can't, you can't uh, focus on anything but that stupid toe that is has is given you a hard time. Or if you have... Just some, some little something that's off or that's not right, it just it affects your entire body, your entire focus. All of a sudden, it just affects everything. Folks, that's what sin does. You know what? And we, we downplay it. We say, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, how many other things are we doing? How many other things are we obeying? But God says, wait a minute, here's this one thing you need to put some attention to and you don't. And we think that we could just kind of go on. And, and God says, no. A tiny infraction of sin compromises the integrity of the whole as it did to them. He says they could not stand now before their enemies. Number two, a tiny infraction of sin changes the consistency of the people. It says in verse 11, Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, God says. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore. And he, he goes on and he says, hey, we stop right here, right now, uh, because the accursed thing, he says, is in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. All of a sudden, Israel, the obedient child of the Lord, becomes the rebellious child of the Lord. Taking the forbidden to be among their stuff that changed them to be accursed. Not loved, not protected, no. Now, all of a sudden, they were accursed. Boy, does sin ever change things. Boy, does sin ever change things in our lives. What would be humble and compliant and obedient and a a pleasing spirit and attitude transforms into proud, blaspheming, self-willed, and ugly. Folks, every time a person gets into sin, they get ugly. They just get ugly. They get ugly before God and ugly before others. That's just what happens. Wow, does sin change us? Our hearts are defiled to the place of not even being recognizable because of sin, after we sin. David, who was called the sweet psalmist of Israel, who was super sensitive to the Lord's will and his leadership when he was right with God, and you know that. You can read the Psalms, you know, when, man, when he was right with God, he was just the, the most pleasant, the, the most ideal believer you'd ever want to meet. He's just, man, that's a great guy. He changed when he was away from God, when he was in sin, to be a callous brute. 2 Samuel twelve thirty one. And he brought forth the people, this is David, was a king at the time, and he brought forth the people that were therein and put them under saws and under harrows of iron and under axes of iron and made them pass through the brick kiln. Talking about burning people, his enemies. Thus he did unto the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem. Goodness! Sounds more like Edgar Allan Poe than the joyful poet and harpist that David was, the sweet psalmist of Israel, but that was him. What was going on in his life at this time? I don't know, but it didn't look good. It was a a dark time in his life. Hey, you remember that thing with Bathsheba, what took place then? When he was trying to cover his adultery? He's out of place, and, and he just makes him bad choices. You know, we we call them bad choices. It's unwise. But then it led to sin. Out and out sin. He chose to disobey God. He chose to to act on his lust. Calls Bathsheba. They, They have a child together, actually. She's with child and her husband, Uriah, faithful soldier of David, is out in the field Defending the, 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 the nation of Israel. And she comes to tell David, I'm with child. So David says, okay, we've got to cover this thing up. And so you remember that whole story. He, he calls Uriah back from the, from the battlefield to give a report. Give a report to the commander in chief and he invites him into the palace and they do this, do this. He gives a report. And he says, OK, well, you, you take the next couple of days off. Just go on home. And he doesn't go on home. You know why? Because he's faithful to the, his fellow comrades in, on the field. And so he just sleeps at the in, in the courthouse uh, area instead of going home to his lovely wife. He says, how can I do that when when my fellow soldiers are out there? They're they're they're, they're uh, risking their neck and, and, and I'm here in safety. He says, I'll not do that. And, and so he he, he tries to concoct something and, and get the guy drunk and then send him home and it doesn't work and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. So finally, he decides that he's going to go ahead and sign Uriah's death warrant, put it in a, 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 a note, and he gave it to Uriah to bring to Captain Joab. Captain Joab, who was a harsh man, a harsh man that, you remember, when joab was was uh, dealing with david david says you oh, know you're too hard you're too much you're too, you're, you're way overboard uh, joab sons of Zeruai, you're you're too harsh and he, but, but he knows that, uh, that uh, Joab is going to follow the instructions, and the instructions were, he, he folded it up and whatever, and he, he gives it to Uriah, he says, bring this to Joab. Joab gets it and says, bring Uriah to the hottest part of the battle and, and step back, let him die. Everybody else retreat, don't tell Joab, and, and, and be sure that he comes back dead. That's what he did. Look at what happened when uh, Joab sends word to David about Uriah's death. He relays this to David about, okay, Uriah's dead, and they come back. They tell him, 2 Samuel eleven twenty four. 24, here's a guy telling, telling David what's going on. And the shooter's shot from off the wall upon thy servants, and some of the king's servants be dead, and thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead Also, and David falls to his knees and weeps. Oh, no, 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 that's not what David does here. He said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say to Joab, Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. Make thy battle more strong against the city, and overthrow it, and encourage thou him. What a beast! What a monster here David is! How cruel, how, how calloused, how unfeeling this guy is to, to what has taken place. He murders Uriah, and he says, hey, don't worry about it. Shake it off. It's, hey, it just happens. It just happens. What happened to David? It's called sin. Folks, sin. Sin not only makes you stupid, sin makes you ugly. And then, boy, that sure happened to, to David. Folks, Sin changes our heart, our spirit, our attitude before God. We can can get so hard and cold and unresponsive to the Lord's dealings. Yuck. And it'll affect each and every one of us. Don't put it past you or me. That's what sin does. It affects us. A tiny infraction of sin compromises the integrity of the whole Changes the consistency of the people That's sin. And then number three, converts us from blessed to cursed. And that's what God said to the children of Israel. Remember, this thing happened, and he says, okay, you've changed. In verse 12 of our text, he says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. It's not like they did accursed. Now they were accursed. The people were Accursed. We quickly discover how that God is uh, doing and providing and protecting, and He's He's doing all of that. When His presence and His blessings are eliminated, all of a sudden they can't go anywhere. You know, we could go a long ways in God's provision and blessing till we set off on our own direction to do better than God's care, better than what God can do for us. The mixed multitude that was. That came out of Egypt. You remember how they complained for this and complained for that? You know, it looks like some that just didn't want to get blasted. That, that's all they were afraid of, is getting, getting blasted in Egypt. So they're with the children of Israel. They, they knew enough about that to, to follow, you know, to, to get out of, out of harm's way. And so they came with the children of Israel. And the Bible says it was a mixed multitude some that followed the Lord, that obeyed the Lord, that believed God, and some they didn't believe God at all. And they were complaining every step of the way. And I could see some of those that were in that, that wilderness gathering, going through the, the wilderness, saying, man, alive, this is, this is terrible. We, we don't have this. We don't have promise of this. But we could just die at any moment. No, God kept them alive for 40 years, you know, as they went through and their children were actually the ones that, that made it to the tr- promised land. But I can imagine some saying, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, see what I could do to... to uh, uh, fend for myself no, didn't didn't bode well i could see them dead along the along the, the streets see cuz it's it's god's blessings it's god's provision God was blessing the children of Israel, and they were having victory and victory, and they were going like, hey, we don't, we don't have to send everybody because this is going to be easy. AI, easy. No problem. We'll just go ahead and take And you know what? They were wrong. All of a sudden, without God's blessings, oh, it's not that easy. Oh, we don't go anywhere. Oh, it really does matter to have God's blessings. See, the tiniest sin converts us from blessed to cursed. And the tiniest sin concludes the Lord's progress. You know what he said to the children of Israel? Look at our text again. He says, in verse 12, he says, Neither will I be with you any more. Wow. (laughs) Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. You know, God says, stop right here. No more progress, no more growth, no more maturing, no more being blessed no more having God's presence or his victory. All of it ends right here. And the Lord is willing to stay at Ai a long time. How long? What did God say? We're not going to go anywhere until you take care of this. Don't take care of it? Here's, here's where we stop. That's a, you know, it would just, it would, it would have been Perpetual. God said, we're not going anywhere, and I'm not going to bless you, you're not going to have victory, for as long as it takes. That's how long. We cannot progress until we deal with the problem. And it could be indefinite. Oh, you think you're going to ignore his word? You think you're going to ignore God's leadership in your life, his direction, and just continue on in your merry way, in your growth and maturity? Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, right. Good luck with that. That's why so many believers can have their growth stunted and never grow another inch, never overcome their besetting problem, never get around the impasse concerning the issue that they're too stubborn to yield to God over. Because you think you could just ignore it and you could just not listen to God and then just go on and we'll just continue. And No, you don't continue and you don't grow and you're, no, you're not blessed and you're not provided for and you don't have his presence and you don't have his leadership and you don't have his direction. Yeah, right, and you stop right there. <coughs> it's really cute to see my grandkids. I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and I was telling them I got 16 grandkids. 17 on the way this is wonderful I love it I love it they were they were a couple that had uh, three kids on of their own and they're all small and I know I know the difficulties and the the hardships and whatever that's why God gives young people children <laughs> and, and he gives grandparents grandkids <laughs> you don't have to uh, uh, uh discipline them, you don't have to feed them, you don't have to, you just play with them and then give them back. <coughs> but give them a lot of sugar and coffee before you give them back. <laughs> That's great. <coughs> and I was, I was telling them what what a wonderful thing. And you know what, kids grow, listen, my firstborn Matt, when <laughs> the other day, uh, what was Dax doing? I can't remember what Dax was doing, but it was so cute to see this guy. He couldn't, he couldn't Get his food in his mouth. <laughs> he was trying <laughs> when Matt was a kid, I remember this. it was just yesterday, like last week when Matt was uh, one year old, two year old uh, and <laughs> we would give him sp- <laughs> spaghetti. He loves spaghetti. He loves spaghetti. He bathed in spaghetti <laughs> by the time he was done, put him on a high chair and we try to we try to you know contain it. Every single time, by the time he was done with spaghetti, he had uh, uh, red sauce in his hair. Really, how do you do that? How do you eat food and then have spaghetti in your (laughs) hair? That was was funny. I I remember a few times, okay, we're getting to feed him spaghetti. Get the camera. This is going to be good. You know, we watch that. We laugh and we have a good time. It's so cute. (coughs) I tell you what's not cute is a 35-year-old with red hair because of spaghetti. And and, and we we know that sometimes where there's somebody that their their growth is stunted and they don't come along and it's not it's not cute. It's not wonderful. It's not endearing. No, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. It's sad. It's sad. Uh, hey guys, you know what? You see, you see believers who somewhere along the line and they're growing and they're, they're in, increasing in their, their walk and they're, they're maturing and there's something that happens and God says, hey, stop. We're not going anywhere else. We're not taking one more inch until you get this thing fixed. And you know what? They refuse. And they, they ignore it. And they don't address it. And you know what? That's where they stay. They're not going anywhere else. That's, that's it. No more growth. No more maturity. No more anything. Hebrews five eleven, He says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. Hey, you got something in your ears. Uh, you got beans in your ears. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. You can't eat adult food. You can't you can't digest. You don't have a system. You don't have a spiritual system that's able to take strong meat. And you gotta have milk. You know why? He says, everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. You're a baby. You never, you never progressed. You didn't get past that. God said, hey, there's a time in your life there's some kind of sin or some kind of thing that, that God is dealing with you about and he says, this is where we stop. We're not going any further. You gotta get this thing taken care of. But you refuse, you stay at AI. That's it. You, you do not progress. And you know what? Sometimes you see that in a believer. They don't grow They don't mature. There's something wrong. That's pitiful. That's pitiful. They're babes in Christ. They never have grown. And they will not. They will not. You know why? Because there's something that God has dealt with. And you know what? God is more stubborn than you are. God's able to, to stop the presses, stop the blessing, stop the leadership, stop everything, stop the light until you get that thing taken care of the difference between a babe and a mature believer can be <clears throat> that sin that God identifies. And you know sometimes we think it's a small it's a tiny infraction. Tiny infraction of sin? No, I don't think so. N- not the way that God deals with sin. No, no, God says we can't hear until we take care of this. You know what I want to do? I want to grow. <laughs> I want to I advance. I want to mature. I'm going to get to the next city. I don't want to stay here. And you know what? There's some things, I'm sorry, but there's some things that God brings to me in my life. You say, preacher, what are they? None of your business. <laughs> They're just things that God's dealing with me about. But you know what? i gotta, I got to address it. i got to address it. There's things that God's dealing with you about. Maybe an attitude. Maybe, maybe something you know you've got to forsake, you can't, you can't allow this to, to flourish in your life, and, and, and you'll never grow. And God says, no, no, unless you take care of this thing right here, right now, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Every head bowed, nobody looking, just for a moment. Lord, thank you so much for <coughs> helping us to see the, the seriousness of of.